0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MACD Career Conversations podcast, where we talk to career people about their careers. My name is David Driver, and today my guest is Rhonda Taylor. Rhonda, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, David. Happy to be here.
0: Great to have you. So before we talk about all the great work that you're doing, just let the listeners know who you are, where you're currently working, and what your major duties are there.
1: Hi, everyone. As mentioned, my name is Rhonda Taylor, and I'm the CEO for Career Trek. Career Trek is a charitable organization that provides career education programming for children and youth from equity deserving groups living in Manitoba. And we have the honor and privilege of doing our work on lands in Treaty 1, Treaty 2, Treaty 5, and the homeland of the Red River Métis What's really great is that we work in collaboration with fabulous partners in all of these regions to really help support students explore and discover careers or to figure out, like, what does it mean to have a career? And what are the possibilities that exist for students beyond high school graduation? So it's really exciting work.
0: Excellent. Um, And then I, I have a whole bunch of questions about that organization. I think Career Trek is a name that a lot of people have heard. I hope so. But it's good to get, yeah, let's talk about the nitty gritty. But before we get into that, let's talk about you, Rhonda. So the first question i like to start with is right at the beginning. So uh, were you born in Manitoba?
1: I was, yes. I was uh, born and raised in Winnipeg. My mom actually still lives in the house that I grew up in. Uh, nice. So it's always nice to go back there to visit. Um, and I did spend uh, about four years living in uh, Calgary when I was doing some of my post-secondary and early Early career work.
0: Mm-hmm. And you didn't want to stay there?
1: Well, I I did, actually. When I got there, I did want to stay. Um, and then there's this thing called, you know, life partners that show up. Mm, and we sure. were in different places. So, um, so I moved back uh, to Manitoba uh, in 1999. And I haven't left again.
0: Awesome. And you never thought about going back to Calgary?
1: uh no i didn't actually because what was interesting so when i was there I, i loved it right there was uh lots to do places to visit i love camping and hiking and so you know there were trails and mountains and campgrounds galore that um i absolutely loved i did miss though the lakes so there's not the same kind of lakes Uh, to just swim in that are maybe an hour or an hour and a half away from home. Um, There's rivers that are freezing cold with river (laughs) so I do have stories to tell about frozen feet as I was hiking and trying to cross rivers. But when I moved back to Winnipeg, I realized just how busy it was and how fast Calgary was. Um, And while I was caught up in it when I was living there and it was fine, when i came back to winnipeg and felt the difference i was like whoa that is that is too quick for me so i like that winnipeg um is a little bit slower paced hmm. i guess if i could say that right um i didn't spend an hour and a half in traffic trying to get to work or on a bus <laughs> or or things like that um so i appreciated coming back to something smaller um yeah. and like i said more laid back And I still camp and hike and I swim in lakes that don't give me hypothermia. So it's fantastic. You
0: You survived. That's all that matters, right?
1: I did. That's
0: that's interesting because I think on paper, like I always thought of like Calgary and Edmonton being like, if I had to move away from Winnipeg, like those are probably the two cities that I would have the less culture shock with Mm because the weather is so similar. I mean, it's somewhat similar size and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just going to hear like, obviously every town's got its own differences. So
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, uh, growing up, Rhonda, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be as a career? Is there like a childhood dream that you had? Was there like a high school ambition you had? When did career kind of first pop up?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, um, the answer sort of to the early career question or idea was no. I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, I was hanging out with my friends, um, I was spending time, um, you know at the park or i'm sure my mom knows this but maybe i'll say it out loud like loitering at 7-eleven drinking Uh sprees was sort Uh of the thing right (laughs) you rebel yeah i know i know right so you know i hadn't really you know given it much thought and it's interesting when i think back to high school and high school graduation i remember getting a form that i had to fill out with some really important details because they were going to read it as i crossed the stage to get my high school diploma and the one question they asked was you know what do you want to be when you grow up or what career you know would you like to have and so when I first handed it in I left it blank um, because I didn't know I had no idea Really? Um, then it yeah I really I, and I don't know why I didn't it just I'm not sure so uh, I got the paper back because <laughs> they said I, I couldn't leave that question blank so i i filled in something randomly i said um i want to be a social worker and so that's what they read when i walked across the stage at grade 12 con- convocation but in my head i knew it was alive
0: that's just so, the first thing you thought of
1: yeah it was i mean i did know for some reason i did know i didn't want to be a teacher um and lots of my friends were applying to go direct entry into education after high school and i was like hmm yeah yeah yeah. I don't wanna do that. So it was so I guess it was social worker, but i'm I'm not a social worker.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it's good. I mean, half the battle is knowing what you don't want to do, right?
1: Yeah,. Um, yep.
0: so then what was your idea? So you graduating from high school, did you mm-hmm. have an idea of post oh, secondary sounds appealing? Maybe just finding a job sounds appealing, yeah. maybe traveling, like what what was the kind of the yeah. idea from there?
1: So I did have in my head that post-secondary was a goal. And it was, it was interesting. And again, I was trying to think about where that came from um, because I was actually the first one in my family to uh, go to post-secondary. And so it it was just, I guess a a thing that had been, you know, talked about or shared. I'm like, okay, so I guess the next natural step is Mm -hmm. post-secondary, so I guess I'll go there. But I didn't go right after high school. I I took a year off um, for a few reasons. Part of it was, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I didn't want to just go and take some stuff. um, If I didn't have sort of a clear understanding of what that stuff was. So uh, that was part of the reason I I took off um, the year. Um, I also had uh, really bad math grades when I graduated high school. So I had to go (laughs) back and do math again in order to apply to university. (laughs) So I had to do that. And then I needed money. Um, I needed to money to to pay for it Uh, my mom raised my sister and I as a as a single parent so you know there weren't extra resources for these things but if it was something I wanted to do then I need to figure it out so I got a job in high school working for CIBC Bank Mm -hmm. and I worked there for for six years and uh, put me through uh, university so thank you to the banking industry for that it was also another one of those situations where I realized banking was not the career for me so i was doing a lot of checking off the what i don't want to do when i exactly up exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was having a hard time figuring out what i wanted to do um so when i went back to or when i guess i finally went to university um i really you know i did some some time sort of researching and stuff like that and i landed on that area of psychology and child development and brain development And thought okay well maybe this is a is a good place to start so um i did that in my first year and then i think it was a second year you had to declare a major and a minor i can't remember what the process is so anyways i picked psychology as my major and then i picked linguistics as my minor and as i started to kind of you know navigate through my you know university education and career i started doing a lot of volunteer work And I worked and volunteered uh, with uh, what was called the Society for Manitobans with Disabilities, but I think now Mm -hmm. is called Abilities Manitoba. And I worked a lot with children and youth, uh, either in daycares or recreation programs. I worked at summer camps in the summer uh, with kids with disabilities. And I really found I enjoyed that work. So it started to kind of evolve from there. And then somewhere along the lines, and maybe this is where the linguistics piece came in, I thought, okay, I want to be a speech language pathologist um, and I want to be able to work in schools and support kids in that way. So I think there was always maybe sort of this helping role or supporting role, you know, kind of work that, you know, started to evolve. Um. So, it was really through you know, the volunteer work that I did that I kind of figured out what I wanted to do when I grew up.
0: <laughs> nice, yeah.
1: So, yeah, so I spent, you know, my university days kind of focused on getting the courses I needed to be able to apply to, you know, a graduate program to pursue um, speech language pathology. And I did all that and I spent, you know, the hundreds and a couple thousands of dollars on the application fees <laughs> and the testing fees <laughs> and I wrote my GRE and, you know, did all of that stuff. And every single letter that came back said something along the lines of, we thank you for your interest in our program. It's super competitive. Unfortunately, at this time, we can't offer you a seat in the program. I'm like, wow, bubble burst. Plan A, down the drain.
0: Did you keep trying at that point? Or did you hit a point where you thought maybe it's time to pivot?
1: yeah no as soon as those letters started coming in and that was it forced, it was like no, nope, i'm done okay plan b what's interesting. plan b <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it is i mean that's very interesting because it's i think to what you're saying volunteering can really help somebody kind of explore those areas that they've never even thought of before and especially for yeah. someone who on your part of the journey right you've you've solidified yourself and what not to do but that's so great again it's just like exploring opportunities Putting yourself out there, trying new things is where you can start finding what you do want to do. Yeah. So, graduate school, they didn't like your math skills still. No. <laughs> they, they said no. No. <laughs>
1: no. I'm sure that was yeah. the big
0: reason, right? Absolutely.
1: Um, it was for sure. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, where are you thinking from here? Where, where are you thinking of taking your career, maybe going down a different path or trying something new entirely?
1: Yeah, so my plan B was again it it ended up really being based on my my volunteer work, uh, and I again sort of wanted to stay in that field of working with children and youth, um but from a recreation perspective. So you know I love being outside. I've played sports. I've you know was fortunate to go to camp, and I love. I just love to play, right? Like it's it's fun and it's enjoyable and you laugh. And And so I'm like, okay, well, how do I do recreation as a career mm-hmm. and work with kids? So, you know, research and I found, um, so the University of Manitoba did have a, a recreation studies program, um, but it didn't have the focus that I was looking for. And so this is what actually took me outside the province and how I landed in Calgary is that it was Mount Royal College at the time, it's now Mount Royal University, Um, but Mount Royal College had a Leisure Services Recreation Therapy Diploma Program focused on supporting kids um, and youth with disabilities in programming that was inclusive, which was like how I had been doing my volunteer work, right? So it wasn't a program for kids with disabilities over here and a kids and a you know, program for kids without disabilities over here, right? Yeah. It was kids in classroom, kids in camp, because they're kids, yeah. and so you know, working with with you know, uh, camp staff or um, administrative staff about you know, how do we adapt, right? How do we include um, a child that uses a wheelchair in camp activities, right? So trying to figure out all of those things and those adaptations, and um, from that recreation standpoint, was like that's where I want to go, and Boy. so I did.
0: That sounds like, like a perfect like just leading up to like your story so far. That seems like just like a perfect landing spot for you. Like did you feel that way? Like that just hits every yeah. mark that that checks all the boxes, right?
1: Everything. Yeah. yeah. And like when I went to Mount Royal. Like I I mean, again, I did okay in university. I wasn't stellar by any stretch. Um, hence, you know, the projection letters. Possibly. You you
0: can lie on the show. Like no one's gonna okay, see your great. transcripts. You, can, okay. you okay. can say straight A's.
1: A-stit. A-stit. No. There go. Um so I was I was okay, right? I mean, you know, and I went to Mount Royal and the program, like you said, was like everything, right? It like I was excited about every class. I was almost excited about every project except the ones that required me to stand up in front of the class and speak to people because I was terrified but (laughs) um, you know there was a practicum component so you know here's your theory now go try it did it make sense it was very hands-on which you know I I know for me as a learner just sitting and having somebody talk at me is is difficult I need to do something Um, so the program was just bang on um and i won't lie about this i made the honor roll you know i think i still have my name on a little plaque in the hallway if they haven't taken down the wall right (laughs) um i got scholarships right like it was just my place um and i loved it
0: so then graduating from that program and then leaving coming back to winnipeg did you have a good idea of how you wanted to apply that or is that exactly how you wanted to apply it or where do you go from there
1: yeah so I did uh, I did stay in Calgary and work for a little bit after I graduated um and it you know it was interesting to, <laughs> to kind of get into it a little bit more from that career side of things, right because I'd always done sort of the summer camp work and you know minimum wage and you know that kind of fun stuff yeah um and you know as I got into you know doing the work um with different organizations um, you know, there was a quick realization that there was not a lot of full-time permanent work. There was also uh, low-paying work. But, you know, at in, in that particular moment, it didn't matter because I was doing work that I loved. Um, it did mean I did have to work four jobs to be able to pay my mortgage wow. and pay my bills. But I was able to piece together, you know, those jobs to make it all work because I loved it. And then prior, about a year and a half before leaving Calgary, I actually ended up working with the city of Calgary uh, in their recreation services department. And again, it was about how do we work with schools and community centers to create programming that is inclusive for children and youth with disabilities. And again, I you know I think I would have stayed there a lot longer if I had not made the, the move back because that was the work, right? That's what I wanted to do. Um, so when I came back here, it was about finding that.
0: So thinking about career trek when does career Trek kind of enter the picture for you like had you known about career trek before and mm-hmm. was it ever appealing to kind of work there or was this something that just kind of fell into your lap
1: mm-hmm. so that's a really interesting question um so yes i did know about career trek um i had uh, actually met with uh with daryl cole a few times uh, when I was with Frontier College, which I should say is is now United for Literacy, they've changed their name, and uh, you know, I I knew the work that Daryl was doing. I loved the idea and the notion of you know this career exploration, and so the work that I was doing with um, you know Frontier College, United for Literacy, was around supporting students with their literacy skills, right? So kids who were kind of you know falling through the cracks and and struggling in school lots of times that can be tied to literacy right just their you know their skills with reading writing literacy. and so knowing you know who daryl was working with and the schools i thought okay what's the what's the match here right can we add a literacy piece to you know the career programming so daryl and i had had conversations um a few times over the years and actually funny enough um, I did apply for an executive director position with Career Trek mm. that Daryl had posted that I had interviewed for um, that I placed second with. Nice. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm not meant to work at Career Trek, and that's fine, right? I was, I was still happy where I was, um, and it was just kind of one of those things. So I, I let it go and just continued to kind of watch, you know, what career, what Career Trek was doing. And so I, I think, as you know, I worked for MITT for a couple of years in in different yep. roles, which was um, and again an, another exciting new adventure because I'd not worked in a place outside of the not for profit sector. So entering sort of post secondary um, institution was a was a learning experience for me. And again, I loved the work that I did there with Youth Build and some other you know work around Indigenous inclusion and reconciliation, and then. When that work ended, I did go to the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls um, on a short-term contract just before their mandate finished, mm-hmm. um, and I got to work really closely with communities to develop and formulate a plan for closing ceremonies and help them with their funding applications and navigated that between you know communities and the Privy Council Office with the federal government. Knowing that that was contract work, I think what i think it was actually Jill latcheslaw who when she was still working at MITT, said to me hey did you know career Trek was hiring and i'm like oh, i had no idea i thought daryl would be there forever and so i happened to know the the board chair of career track who's barb bowen and i said so i hear that career track might be hiring for a new ceo she replied back so might you be interested and so i said yes and I went through the process and met with the hiring committee. And I guess clearly I said some good things and some of the things that they wanted to hear. And they offered me the job uh, to start in June 2019. Awesome. And I've been there ever since.
0: Yeah, you got the gold medal this time. You didn't have to settle for I silver. Did. There you go. Yeah,
1: did. I took home the gold.
0: There you go. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, you've been there for, I guess, almost four years now, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll be 40, June. Um, I do have to say, I, I do like to put this in here. I, I started with Career Trek eight months before the pandemic hit. And mm-hmm. that was not something we talked about in the interview process. So I do go back and, and just sort of razz the hiring committee a little bit for not posing a question. How would you help navigate the organization through a global pandemic?
0: Yeah, that was their fault. They had no foresight at all. So I guess for the listeners who are they've heard of CareerCheck before, but they may not be mm-hmm. familiar with what you do and what you accomplish. Can you just kind of briefly mm-hmm. give some of the bigger oversights? Like, what is your your big goals as an organization? Mm-hmm. What, is, what does What does CareerCheck do?
1: Yeah, for sure. So so interesting. So I think you know I'll start with um, you know we we've revamped you know our our vision um, a bit to really kind of get at. What is it like? What is it that we want to achieve, right? Like you said, you know, I think early, if you could wave a magic wand, what would it be, right? And so, it really is about, you know, um, creating a space to uh, support students um, and inspire them to kind of think about, you know, education, lifelong learning, um, doing that work today so that we create a more just and equitable tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when I think sort of big picture organization and why we do what we do in terms of career exploration, you know, workshops, industry tours, you know, all that kind of stuff. It really is to support students in that pursuit of awareness, right? So first and foremost, what are the careers, right? That are out there creating that awareness (laughs) because well, no, not so easy. No, Um, nope the self-awareness piece around, you know, what do I like and what don't I like, right? And like you said earlier, being able to cross off what you don't like can be just as important as creating the list of what you do like. So we wanna help students, you know, start to think about that. With our programming, we also want them to experience right? What it would be like to do a career. So we're not just talking to them about jobs and opportunities in the roadmap. We're actually getting them to do tasks or activities related to that job. So it brings in that experiential learning and that hands-on piece, um, which again, I know for myself was so important in my learning for, to help things sort of stick or, you know, turn that light bulb on or flip that switch, right? It's like, you know, we have I actually was just in Brandon a couple of weeks ago and we work with Assiniboine Community College North Hill campus and we had kids in the carpentry workshop building a shelf using the tools that you would use if you pursued a career as a carpenter, right? Um, we went to the the pipe fitting workshop and they were cutting with hand saws and measuring with tape measures and you know gluing things together to make sure that the pipe didn't leak, right? So we're trying to really give them a sense of what it would be like to do the job yeah. um, and for so many kids you know we hear things like I had no idea this was a job yeah oh my gosh I'm I, I love to draw <laughs> I didn't know I could blend like my artistic talent with graphic design and technology right so you start to hear them make all of those connections for themselves and when that happens I'm like okay we mm-hmm. got it
0: yeah and I think that's the biggest that's the biggest challenge I think a lot of organizations are facing. Because I think in one step it is, yes, the awareness that things exist. And the other step is the opportunity to actually experience it. Like, how can you actually practice in it and actually know what it is? Because, again, you can have a thought in your head, but actually doing it could create a different opportunity. Yeah. Would you say that's the two biggest challenges that your organization faces is just bringing awareness and the opportunities for experiencing?
1: Um, it, it, they're, Yeah, they're sort of, you know, the the sort of the top three kind of thing. And then I think the third piece that, you know, we add to that that we, we are really intentional about is if this is something that you like or you want to explore further, here's the pathway. Right. Yeah. So we're talking to them right now about um, why they're taking math and science. Right. I have a 16 year old in high school who still rolls her eyes at me when I say you need to take a math class in grade 12 or a science class in grade 12. You just don't know where that's going to take you or what doors it's going to open. So we draw that connection between what they're taking now, what they need to think about, you know, in high school. And then that notion of the importance of graduating from high school. Right. So, um, you know, getting to that point and then what doors does it open? And we're talking about those pathways sort of beyond grade 12 uh, graduation, which. Um, lots of it is about what are those pathways to post-secondary and who are the post-secondary institutions in the province that we share information about. And so it's all of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so kids get a good sense of what's available. We're also you know, starting to talk to them, too, about high school graduation to employment, uh, because for some kids, maybe they won't go to post-secondary or they don't want to go to post-secondary or they can't yep. go to post-secondary yet right Yep. and so i don't want kids to think that the only way for them to have career and life success is through post-secondary right i know post-secondary partners maybe don't like that <laughs> <laughs> but but it, but, but it, i mean we have to be we have to be real right absolutely like have to be real um and it's not an avenue for everybody so again that's one the other is that transition to employment and so we're making more connections with business and industry partners who have that entry from high school graduation into employment Um, and they have their own you know internal training programs to Mm -hmm. help people sort of advance Um, and then they say like if we get to a point in you know our business or industry and it does require uh further education we can then support you so people can go back later so i also want participants to know that it doesn't it's not sort of an a to b to c to d kind of thing right you know it can go off in so many different direct different directions and you could go back to post secondary at 25 if you wanted or 30 or or right like there's no there's no date on on yeah. when you can go right so we talk about that and then we're talking also about you know that other pathway around you know entrepreneurship or the gig economy right or what's yeah. your side hustle right you know and how can that become something that also develops into a career
0: yeah. so
1: there's a few things we we want to talk about and maybe yeah. sure a bit of an understanding about for sure. right?
0: Yeah. And one of the questions I had for our conversation was, because you do deal with youth, mm-hmm. but that is very complex, right? There's a lot of nuance there. Uh, I'm assuming that you see a lot of newcomers, you see a lot of first mm-hmm. nations, rural mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. they might all have unique challenges. Is there mm-hmm. certain things that you're seeing from certain groups that they maybe need a little bit more help in other areas than other sets of groups or, Is there a common thread through all of those that maybe we assume that all these different groups have all these differences, but maybe they Mm -hmm. all have similar issues. For example, maybe they all just don't have access to experiencing opportunities. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're all experiencing that they don't have enough awareness, right? They just go to where their families and friends tell them to Mm -hmm. go and Mm -hmm. that's it. So Mm -hmm. Anna, are you seeing a lot of differences between those types of groups or more common things than differences?
1: Um. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I mean, you know, we we do know from, you know, research and reports that talk about, you know, graduation rates for um, Indigenous youth or newcomer youth or Black youth, right? You know, there are those disparities, right? And so I think, you know, part of what we're trying to do um, through our programming is create that, hmm, I think that sense of one sort of that sense of curiosity, right? You know, like you know, for working with kids that you know maybe are on the bubble of should I stay in school or should I go, right? Hopefully, there's a a notion to stay, uh, with that recognition that there are opportunities, right? So you know, it could be that sense of you know, well, why bother staying in school? Like, what's it going to get me, right? And so we're trying to create that space for those to answer those questions, right? It's you know the The question of okay well so what if i stay in school okay well so what if you stay in school here's you know opportunities here's a good you know what we think is a good reason why right okay well so what i graduate high school okay well so what let's talk about post-secondary let's talk about employment okay i go to post-secondary well so what? Then, what, <laughs> right? Like, so we're trying to, to we're trying to get them to a point where they can't ask us so what and then what anymore, right? Oh, okay. um, <laughs> you know, so it's, so it's um, you know, it's about just being able to create that space to to talk about opportunities and, like I said, that experience, right? That hands on and getting to kind of you know dive into it or dig into a little bit. Um, and I think with our youth programming too, we're also working to help them create their network um, because you never know who you know or when you know them or when they'll show up somewhere in your life. Right. That if you have that relationship and you can use, you know, I say air quotes, the power of the network, yep. there is some real truth to that. Right. Yep. Um, Like my last, so my job with, MITT, the National Inquiry, and Career Track, I got all three people that I knew and having conversations, right? Um, granted the 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 career track one was posted with a recruiter, but I never saw it. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we're trying to build those connections for young people as well so that they can have a sense of who to go to or you know, ask somebody or go, oh, I remembered a presentation from X industry, I'm going to go to their website and see what, you know, they've got for jobs. Right. And then I think, you know, with our programming, you know, where we um, can also support is we have um, a manager on staff that uh, works with you, with our youth programming. Well, I guess with all of our programming and the families or adults in those child's life to talk about education savings, right. And the opportunity for scholarships and bursaries, or in some instances, uh, tuition waiver or sponsorship right because again some families think like well I would love for my child to go to post-secondary but I can never afford it um, but there are ways um, to help navigate that um, access to to funding and so we have a manager who's that's their job that's what they do they talk to families about how they can support uh, the cost for, for post-secondary we have scholarships through CareerTrek that we can award to participants that helps them open up an RESP. Um, it sits in their name until they're ready to to go into further education, and then we can release the funds to help them pay for some of their costs.
0: Yeah. And if I could pay a compliment, I think that's why CareerTrek kind of personifies why finding a career is so difficult and how finding a job isn't as easy as we think it is, because just as simply as asking, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or what do you want to do after high school? Just the things that you've, you just talked about, like, there's the technical ability, like, how do I actually find work? Like, what's the, what's the way to go about it? The financial talks that you're talking about the barriers, but even what I liked about that was, there's even a lot of personal aspects to it, like personality traits, because to find a good career, it's also social skills, Mm-hmm. it's problem solving, it's mm-hmm. collaboration, it's creativity, mm-hmm. right? So it's interesting that your organization hits on all those pieces, right? Because it is a lot of little things in a bigger picture, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. Because oh, you we are, are trying to be intentional about that, right? You know, knowing, you know, and even recently, some of the conversations I've had with employers, they're like, we need employees to come with problem solving skills critical thinking communication collaboration right we'll teach yeah. them the technical stuff don't about the technical stuff <laughs> we need them to come with some of these other things and i'm like okay well we can do a little bit of both right but you know so we're we're trying to be very intentional in you know the delivery of our career lessons the group work within them although you know we had to adjust because of covid so it was very individual mm-hmm. but You know, it's it's about how to build in those skills. So kids are whether they actually know those things are being developed as we move along or not, I'm not sure if it's super relevant, but you know, if we get to a point, you know, at the end of the program and they say, you know, I feel, you know, more ready to, you know, explore further, or I never thought about going to post secondary, but now I'm considering it. Or you know, I didn't know that there was, you know, job opportunities available after high school, right? So it's trying to also change that mindset, right? You know, that yeah. that in-your-head conversation about what you think you can or cannot do, you know, let's change the narrative a little bit yeah, or a lot.
0: Yeah. And um, how can somebody participate in Career Trek? If they wanted to get involved somehow, would it be – would it be the best way just raising awareness for a Career Trek? Would it be advocating for it? Would it be volunteering for the organization? Would it be donating to the organization?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what are some of the avenues that someone can get involved and help out this process?
1: Yeah, for sure. The very short and quick answer is all of the above, right? Okay. For sure. <laughs> um, we we're always looking for um, you know business and industry to come in and speak to participants, right? So we have a couple of different series. Uh, one's called Industry Insight, right? Where somebody from a particular industry will come in and talk about the opportunities. Like we could do that, right? We can use Google and do a little research and do a little presentation. But to actually hear from the person working in that industry, I think goes um, such a long ways for so many reasons, um, from firsthand personal experience and it's a network piece, right? I've now met somebody from insert you know business or industry right uh, so we get uh, folks to come in and, and talk about that We have another series called Success story Spotlight mm-hmm. which again is designed for participants to hear from people who have navigated their career journey. It's almost like this conversation we're having now right there you go. <laughs> Like how did you get to where you are now and why and I we haven't had a guest speaker who said you know, I had this decision made in high school. I pursued this and I'm doing that, right? Like there's nobody yet that we've talked to that's had sort of a straight linear kind of progression through their um, career. It's all about, you know, I did a little bit of this. I did a little bit of that. Here's where I failed. Here's where I picked myself back up. Here's the lessons learned, right? So again, participants can see, oh, it's not just one, two, three, four, right? Um, and then the other thing we're intentional about, too, knowing that, you know, we're working with students who do identify as Indigenous Black newcomer from racialized communities. Those industry folks and those success story spotlight guest speakers are representative of our participants that we're working with so they can see themselves, you know, yeah. in those places and navigating careers, um, advancing education, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, So that's certainly one way. I mean, you know, I think I mentioned at the beginning, we're a charitable organization. We rely on the generosity of funders, whether it's government foundations, individual donors, businesses, um, you know, to support our work. You know, as I mentioned, we're in three different uh, treaty territories in the province. Right. And We've got staff in each of those locations. So, um, you know, we're looking for people to connect in those areas as well uh, to support our post-secondary partners have always been fantastic in terms of offering space, right? Yeah. Um, To bring participants to because that's the other piece we want to demystify post-secondary for students as well. And I think we can do that by showing up at places like MITT and, um, you know, being in the, in the, um, in the kitchen doing a culinary arts program or the graphic design, um, classroom, right? So that they go, oh, I, oh this isn't such a scary place this this isn't so bad (laughs) and then we're doing the same with industry so if there's industry partners that would host us for a tour and actually walk participants through um, their workplace so they can see it hear it smell it feel it like what are all of those things that exist in a workplace and then there's people walking around going oh that's not so bad yeah so again Kind of chipping away at some of that narrative that might exist for participants, I think is uh, you know where we're we're looking for support from from yeah. others as well.
0: Demystifying, I really like that. That's uh, that's okay. a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: my uh, my final serious question for yeah. the show would be: What's on the horizon for Career Trek? Is there anything upcoming that you guys are really excited about? um are you still kind of rebounding from the pandemic but you're taking lessons from that and kind of diversifying some services or mm-hmm. um what's the current state of career check right now
1: yeah for sure so we we did do a return to in-person programming um at the start of the school year um you know it was something that you know we wanted to to get back to because we know there's different learning that can happen when you're together uh during the pandemic we 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 ran virtual career trek. <laughs> and we weren't sure how that was going to work and honestly if i'm being completely honest i think i felt frozen for the first three months going what do we do Mm -hmm. now because everything we had done up until march 2020 had been in person on campuses you know 130 part-time staff hundreds of kids and i was like oh whoa whoa so we did figure out how to take about 30 of our career lessons and make them virtual. Um, Kid got individual career kits uh, so that we didn't, we weren't sharing supplies. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would, the, the success of that was just tremendous. Teachers loved it. Schools loved it. Kids loved it. Um, Teachers were giving us classroom time. So we've actually kept a portion of that virtual programming for, for some of our school partners um, because it worked right. I mean, you know, would we have ever gotten to virtual programming without the pandemic? I would say no, no, we wouldn't. Um, And now we've got another avenue for being able to potentially reach students in areas of the province or outside the province that we might not have otherwise, right? So so we've kept that. Um, And then what we've got sort of up and coming now is uh, we've launched summer camp programming so we have career education summer camps that we now run a week at a time um, in all of our regions so our recruitment is underway for that Uh, we have trades camps Um, we were in scouting first nation last year hosting summer camp with kids in the community so um, we're kind of or sort of transitioning to the to the planning for for our summer programming which is really exciting
0: nice yeah was that your idea will you take credit for that one
1: I'm going to take credit for that one. Okay, yes. I'll yep. give
0: you credit for that one. <laughs> Excellent. So thank you so much, Rhonda, for coming on the show today. But before we go, I have one final non-serious question. Okay. It is your impossible trivia time. Tradition on the okay. show, we ask everyone impossible trivia. Are you ready?
1: Okay. I'm I'm ready.
0: Okay. Uh, Rhonda, are you a big coffee drinker? No, I'm not. No, okay. Well, good then, because this is uh, sort of a, a grim question. So. Uh, your impossible trivia question for the average person how many cups of coffee would they need to have in one sitting to experience a fatal caffeine overdose
1: caffeine overdose even a thing
0: it is yes so if you have too much coffee it will kill you in one sitting how much coffee would it take how many cups of coffee would it take
1: 103
0: 103 yeah Uh, the real answer is 52 cups of coffee would kill you in one sitting.
1: Oh, my gosh. So,
0: so you have none, which is great. None. I've had yeah. two today, which I've got to step up my game if I want to, you know, even reach anywhere near that number. But yeah, 52, well, I don't
1: really need you to step up your game. I think you can just maybe step off that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two is fine. That's fine. <laughs> there you go. There's a little trivia. If people think they're having too much, is uh, as long as you stay away from like the 40s okay. in one day, be okay. you should be fine. Okay. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Uh, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you or wanted to know more about the organization, what's the best way to do it? Is to reach out to you directly? Would it be to visit the website?
1: Um, yeah, people can send me an email at rtaylor at ca. Um, always encourage people to uh, visit our website, but we've certainly gotten more active on social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, please follow us. Uh, we share lots of great stories about what we have going on throughout the year. Um, and yeah, happy to talk and have conversations with anybody who's interested in knowing more about what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. Excellent.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Thanks, Thanks for coming David. on the show and have a great rest of your day.
1: Yes, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: For more information on MACD, including professional development, conferences, and other opportunities, please visit our website at www.macd-mb.org.